Study in France with Campus France UK. Your mobility journey starts today. Hi everyone and welcome to this new episode of the podcast Studying in France by Campus France UK. I'm Enora Lodagonel, Project Assistant at the Campus France UK at the French Embassy in London and I'm very happy to be here today with Abba, Anna and Charlotte. So in this episode uh, you will discover the secrets of French social life and We will give you a few tips on how to make the most of your year abroad. Our guests, Abba, Anna and Charlotte, have some fantastic recommendations that will enhance your experience in France. So Abba, Anna and Charlotte, could you please introduce yourself to our audience and the reasons why you choose to go to France? Hi, um, my name is Abba. I'm a recent graduate from the University of Leeds. I studied a joint degree in French and international business. I actually went to France because it was a compulsory um, requirement for my degree. So I had to do a year abroad. So that's the main reason why I had to go to France. Hi everyone, um, I'm Hannah. I'm a recent graduate of the University of Cambridge where I read French and Spanish. Uh, I spent my third year, so my year abroad in Paris for the whole year. Um, I actually ended up choosing Paris having spent a lot of time in the South and in the Alps but never much time in a big city. So it was a big change for me. Um, I live in the middle of nowhere in the UK. So it was really exciting to, yeah, to move to such a, a big city full of people. And I decided to spend the whole year there rather than split my year between France and Spain, um, or maybe even Latin America, which I was considering, because I didn't feel that by December of my year abroad, I would feel ready to leave. And it's safe to say that my suspicions were confirmed because by December I hadn't completed nearly anything on the list that I'd set out to complete um so it was really great spending my whole year there and yeah I'm um, Charlotte and I am um, recently graduated from Oxford with a degree in French um so for my year abroad like ABBA um I had a compulsory year abroad as part of my degree and I was in Tours uh, in France as a language assistant um so teaching English in two secondary schools there and I'm currently back in France now um doing a master's degree that's how much I liked it Thank you so much for sharing this. Um, my next questions would be, uh, how did you typically spend your free time in France? I lived in Bordeaux for the whole year. And typically for my free time, um, I mostly just went out with friends. So most of my friends were other exchange students. I mostly went out with them. Um, I also worked as a babysitter for extra cash. Also just like going on trips to different cities to explore France and also doing sports so those are the main things I did in my free time and you know the Erasmus student network would put on events throughout the whole year so I would like attend those events with my friends as well so yeah that's mostly how I, I tended to spend my free time. That's so interesting. So I studied so a bit different so I studied in Paris at the École Normale Supérieure Um, which was a really amazing university. So when I was not having my free time, I was at university um, studying a big kind of range of subjects, which is really interesting. And I'm sure I'll get a chance to talk about that later. Uh, but actually, I also joined the cheerleading team at the university. And I, you know, coming from someone who is very uncoordinated, does not have kind of a, you know, dancing bone in their body. It was the most fun experience, really enjoyable, a great way to meet people who were both other international students who wanted to try cheerleading out and French people as well. Um, and to represent the university was really amazing. Um, and then, as I mentioned before, 
before I went on my year abroad and during my year abroad, I compiled a really big list of museums, restaurants, cafes I wanted to visit. And I managed to complete all 128 items I checked before the recording. Um, so I spent a lot of time at museums. I really developed a love for art history on my year abroad, thanks to the university, but also Paris is just an incredible place for discovering art. I went to quite a few concerts, classical and more modern. Um, I even managed to visit the opera, which was on my list. And I spent many afternoons sitting along the banks of the Seine with friends and friends of friends, um, were, you know, having a picnic and, you know, chatting into the early hours of the morning. I also actually had, in the more academic vein, I had to write a dissertation while I was on my year abroad. Um, so I got to work in many different cafes and uh, explore the libraries of Paris. Um, so I really enjoyed completing all my reading for the dissertation. Even writing it became really enjoyable, which was, you know, a big surprise, I guess, being in a big city and having the opportunity to actually work in so many different spaces was really, really amazing. Yeah, and for me, like Hannah, I'm very into sport and I was sort of set, I'm going to definitely join a football team or similar while I'm in France. So I looked, sussed out the area a bit and joined a team in Tour, uh, Tour FC. And that was really good um, in terms of meeting other French people around the similar age and also just going around different parts of the country playing matches, training with them a few times a week. I think they were very intrigued to see this English girl that was just suddenly there uh, playing with them. But it was really good in that respect. And I'm also very into history as well. And actually, it turns out I'd never heard of really Tour or been there before, before going. But it turns out it's really an ideal region for me because it's uh, full of chateau uh, there. So I went to 15, I think 15 castles throughout my time uh, in Tour. Also various cities nearby like Nantes, uh, um, Nantes, Bourges, other cities. So yeah, it was really good. Um, and there are also lots of other language assistants in the area. So working at different schools in the region and area. And that was a nice network as well, just like to have a group of people, not only from the UK, but other countries across the world um, to meet up with and socialize with. Thank you so much. That's very interesting. That's very, very different. And I'm glad you found many things to do depending on your interests. My next question would be, how did you meet your first friends um, in France? And did you find it easy? What about the cliches you've heard? And was it true? Okay, so in terms of making friends, I, I'd say I found it quite easy making friends, especially because most of my friends were other exchange students like me. Initially at the university, I was in University Bordeaux Montaigne. The university conducted some kind of orientation for all the new exchange students. So that's where I met people and we just kind of hit it off and stayed together from there. Um, and I did really love my friends, although I wish I could have made more friends with French, French people, because more often than not, we found ourselves speaking English among each other, even though sometimes we would try to say, I don't know. Then we just continue speaking in English after like 10 minutes. Um, so yeah, most of my friends were Erasmus students. Um, I made some French friends as well in class and I didn't find it difficult to interact with them because they were really nice and open, especially seeing as I was um, an exchange student. So they were very ready to help. Um, so I think that in terms of stereotypes against French, but I didn't really encounter them with uni students because I found that they were very open, very eager to meet someone who wasn't from France. 
Um, so yeah, I found them very friendly and very warm. I don't know whether that's also just because it was the south of France and stereotypically that side is supposed to be much friendlier, but I did find the students very friendly there. Um, so yeah, that's that's mostly how I, I made my friends. Yeah, I also found that I was quite lucky in terms of being at university. I think I chose quite a few subjects. They weren't organised in kind of a lecture style, which lots of my classes were, but actually the language classes. So I studied French as a foreign language, Spanish as a foreign language and Italian. Those kind of classes are much more, you know, there's pair work, there's presentations, there's projects. Um, And I think that really helped me make friends with people who are around me because we'd work together on things. And that's a really great way to start just a conversation in French and end up building friendships. And also on the cheerleading team, learning routines, practicing after after class. That was a great way of speaking French. I also, like Abba, actually tried to get everyone to speak French, even amongst international students. So at UNS, I organized um, an evening where we all went uh, to a really nice restaurant and bar and we it was, you know, we were all going to speak in French and we actually, we managed it, which was really great. And I think the fact that we were all from lots of different countries and, and whilst we all maybe spoke English, English wasn't everyone's first language. I think that really helped um, in terms of practicing our French. But I also had plenty of friends who were, who spoke English um, and I felt that Paris was a really wonderful network of friends of friends where it was very much a culture of if we were doing an activity there'll be an open invitation to anyone's friends who happened to be visiting or you know friends who were arriving in Paris or people who were leaving Paris it was a really open space where I think I ended up meeting people through friends which is a really nice way of getting to know someone um so that was really lovely and for me I, I would say I was quite strict with myself about making sure I spoke as much French as I could um on my year abroad I wanted to avoid English where possible even if sometimes obviously people want to practice their English with you um, I think in terms of like the other assistants I met, there were quite a few that were Anglophone, whether that be American or British. But we actually did a similar thing actually to what Hannah was talking about. Whereas every week, I think it was every Thursday, we'd go to a different bar or cafe and tour and avoid speaking in English all evening. So chatting in French and even if obviously some had different levels, some struggled a bit more than others. That was a good way of making sure that we weren't just speaking in English all the time. I think also in terms of how I met my first friends, um, obviously sort of the assistants were the kind of the first ones I got in touch with. Um, And then from there, I worked with various people at the different schools I worked at uh, and in the football team as well. That was a good way of actually having some contact with uh, French people who, like I said, were quite intrigued, I think, by me and wanted to like, even some asked me to help them with their English. So it was good in a lot of ways. So yeah, no, that was the main way I did it. Yeah, I actually just think following on from what Charlotte was saying, sometimes it was actually easier to strike up a conversation with another person who's learning French with the intention of practicing our French because that pressure of feeling like you need to match this native friend is actually quite difficult and sometimes speaking with someone else who's also a non-native speaker of French means that making mistakes or thinking more about what you want to say or how you want to say it I don't know you have this kind of encouraging process so I actually really enjoyed both speaking with French people obviously but actually there were so many benefits to just speaking with other people who were learning French to create that environment of encouragement and support I think which is often when you learn a language you know it's that confidence of speaking that I think lots of people including myself definitely struggled with and this fear of not saying things perfectly 
Um, and I think that that tends to go away when you're speaking with other people who really sympathize and empathize with the whole process of learning a language. Yeah, I really agree with that. And I also found that even French students were very um, accommodating, you know, because once they find out that you don't actually speak the language and you're doing your best, they were like, I found it, I found that they were very encouraging and they would just like correct here and there, not in a condescending manner, but just like to say, oh, you could use this expression instead, or oh, let me teach you this expression. So I think that it's important to just put yourself out there especially when because obviously you're there to immerse yourself in the culture and try to be as fluent as possible so just try not to be too shy just speak with them even if you make mistakes they will understand what you're trying to say and they will help you and teach you even more things than you knew before and I think also just to add to that I think as you sort of go through your abroad you become more and more confident as you go along so remember at first doing certain things like opening a bank account in France. That was very daunting, going into a French bank, having to, you know, hear all the technical terms they were talking about and it, having my mum next to me for the first week, but not really understanding. So it was just down to me to fully understand. I think as you go through your year abroad, you really start to develop not only confidence, but almost a, a fearlessness to just speak. And even if there's an error, I mean, in some ways, I think you're going to be more aware of it than actually the people you're with, probably, just because you're hyper aware of everything you're saying. So that's what I'd sort of say in terms of uh, the language side as well. Well, thank you so much. Um, what were your favorite leisure activities and um, maybe your favorite places to visit in the city you were studying? In Bordeaux, there's a river, La Garonne, which splits the city into two. So there's the left side and the right side. And I think that the left side if I remember correctly, it was where most things happened. And obviously I lived on that side. So I really just liked sitting um, on the Lake so the, the River Keys, um, just sitting there and watching the sunsets. Honestly, I think that Bordeaux has the most beautiful sunsets I've ever seen in my life currently, because I'm back in Leeds and the sunsets here do not compare to the sunsets in Bordeaux. So I really liked just sitting there watching the sunsets and we would have picnics there. So usually more often than not, if we're going to have a picnic, we'd probably just have it next to the river because there's like some grass areas. And it's really nice in the summer because then everyone comes out to have picnics. So the whole riverside is lined with people having picnics. And when it's sunset time, it's just beautiful. So I joined a kickboxing um, club in my, in my, um, in my commune, Vinab Donon. The trainer was called Gérard Basile and he was a kickboxing champion. <laughs> Very sweet old man. Um, and I made friends there and that also helped me with my French as well because he didn't speak any English. <laughs> it's really funny. He didn't speak any English at all. So I was forced to have to speak French with him and with the other people in the club. Um, I also like just going out with my friends and I honestly believe that I've been to more cafes and branch places in Bordeaux than the natives because every single weekend was a different branch place or even midweek, different branch place, different cafe. So I really liked exploring the city um, in that sense. And also with my babysitting as well. I mean, technically, it, it didn't really feel like work because the family was really lovely. Um, and more often than not, the parents would be there. So the, the, the main idea for me being there was to teach the kids English. 
So it was a very relaxed environment. I would bake with them. We would go to the park. So it, it didn't really feel like work. It just felt like another leisure activity. So I'd say, yeah, even babysitting was a fun leisure activity for me just because of the dynamics of my particular family. But I'm definitely going to have to ask you for some brunch recommendations if I ever go to Bordeaux. It sounds so good. Um, I also similarly, I spent many days just discovering different areas of Paris, which obviously broken up into arrondissement, often with a friend because we didn't have any class on a Wednesday. Wednesday was our cultural day. So we'd pick a few arrondissements that we wanted to explore, you know, cross-reference that with the list of the hundred things I wanted to do in that area. One of my favourite days in which we experienced you know, lightning and thunder, torrential rain, and then sunshine. It was the it was the strangest of days. And we ended up getting breakfast in the fifth near Ernest. Uh, walked through the Jardin de Luxembourg in, you know, during the rain. Uh, went to this amazing museum, uh, the Bordel Museum in the 15th, which was really incredible. I, I realized that I have such a love for sculpture that I really discovered on the year abroad. Um, and then we ended up having lunch and walking all the way past the Statue of Liberty, which I didn't realise existed. There's one in Paris. And then we went to the Maison de Balzac and even ended up on this bridge where they filmed the Inception film, which we didn't, we only realised when we were on there that we'd recognised it. So, um, but some of my favourite places was probably the Hordin Museum, just because it's this beautiful kind of almost house with gardens surrounding it and you see the sculpture inside and outside um, and it's a great place to go and read and it was just such a beautiful space and then also the Atelier de Lumière those would be my two places that are a must if you ever spend a weekend in Paris. So obviously Tours where I was is definitely not on the scale of Paris but it's nonetheless because I wasn't sure what to expect when I arrived but it's a really nice city, just wander around. Um, there's a place called Place Plume uh, in Tours, which is basically like a, pretty much like a, a square where there are loads of bars and restaurants and half timbered houses. And that was just a really nice place to go, have a drink with friends, uh, have some food, have a drink, whatever. Well, I'm glad to hear that you had all enjoy your time in France. But um, did you manage to balance your leisure time and your studies? Um, <laughs> Personally, my year abroad didn't count towards my my degree, so I, I, did, I wasn't transferring credits. I just had to make sure that I passed because I thought it was important to not only go to uni, but also really immerse myself in the city and in the culture. So I took just enough credits such that I would fulfill um, the number of credits I had to take and then have enough free time to also do as much leisure activities as possible. So because of that, I was really able to balance both uni and leisure. Yeah, like ABBA, I mean, I I didn't actually realise until I went that the classes that I took actually wouldn't affect my degree at Cambridge. I actually took a very similar path to ABBA in the second semester, but in the first semester, I really wanted to just integrate into uni and and you know meet as many people as possible there was no limit to the amount of classes I could take so I do think I went slightly overboard it was an opportunity I think that I just didn't ever have obviously at university and things where you can just study whatever you want to study and that was really liberating um so in the first term I took six classes and I obviously I only had to validate three um as Abba said so I, I took French Spanish Italian language I also um, took history of art. I was in the Louvre with 20 other students and a teacher wandering down the 
the halls discovering all the art which was incredible um, and I also took a class on feminism I mean then the second semester I was also writing my dissertation so I only took the three classes that was necessary uh, and then also a course that I think will will stay with me forever I, I took a course on Irish modernism and I'm half Irish so it was my first ever opportunity to study like the literature of a part of my culture so that was a really wonderful experience. So obviously I wasn't a student uh, on my year abroad. I actually had a year kind of working and obviously earning a salary as an English language assistant. Um, and I actually had a lot of free time, especially when compared to my like uni schedule in the UK, where I'd have quite an intense schedule, especially with independent work as well. So as a language assistant, you only work 12 hours a week, which is very, yeah, pretty relaxed. So I'd have at least one day off every week. And I think that meant that in many ways, I could just do what I wanted on the days off, but equally I had time for other things such as tutoring. So I don't know if this was the same for Abba or Hannah, but I had quite a lot of people wanting me to teach them English and help them with their English. Sort of just asking me, I went to visit a house, for example, when I first arrived and the landlady was like, oh, would you be able to help my daughter with her English? And stuff like that. I mean, I think by the end I was tutoring four or five students alongside my job. Um, in France, while also still having enough time for football, travelling, etc. So yeah, actually, I feel like the whole year in general was very, in many ways, liberating and actually gave me quite a nice break in some ways from the intense academic environment uh, of uni. And actually just to experience a new, well, not only a new way of life, but also a new school system that I'd never seen before and encounter people that I'd ever sort of encountered before. Well, that's very interesting. Um, could you tell me where did you travel? Because all of you mentioned that you've been traveling outside the city you were um, studying. So um, have you visited any other European countries apart from France or any other cities in France? So in terms of countries, I went to Spain. So I visited Barcelona and then I went to Italy visiting um, Milan. Well, actually, I was trying to get to Como. But accommodation was cheaper in Milan. So I stayed in Milan and went to Como. And interestingly enough, I went there just to visit one of my Erasmus friends. So she was in Bordeaux for the first semester and then moved back. So she, she only spent a semester abroad. But we struck up such a friendship that I went all the way to Italy just to see her again. Um, and in France, I... I went to Nice, I went to Toulouse, I went to Paris, of course. I mean, I went to Monaco, which I guess is a country on its own. <laughs> so there's that as well. Um, and I think there's one more that I'm missing. But yeah, that's, in terms of traveling, those were the places that I went to. And I really enjoyed traveling around. And it was so cheap as well, using the blah, blah bus. So yeah, I was really happy about that. Oh, like Abba, I was actually also in Barcelona during my year abroad, visiting friends who were also on their year abroad, which was really nice. Um, And I actually, I didn't travel as much as I expected. I mean, there were quite a few restrictions because of COVID when I was on my year abroad. Yeah, so I visited Barcelona. I actually also went to Bordeaux and Cap Ferret, which was really nice. Um, And then my parents drove through Paris to go to the Alps a few times so they'd stop off spend an evening with me and then we'd all go down um to go skiing for uh, a week which was really lovely and quite fun to actually have almost like to almost be in France and then go and go and explore the wonderful mountains and the fresh air um I definitely I, I think I miss the fresh air probably the most when I arrived back in Paris it's just very <laughs> different in a city environment 
Yeah, so I was very keen on my year abroad to make sure I visited as much of France as I could. Um, I'd actually only ever been to France once before. So when I was working as an assistant in Tours, um, I sort of aimed to get to all the cities around it. So I went to places like Nantes, Angers, Orléans, uh, other places like that. And then during the holidays, they're obviously quite a lot because at, in French schools, you get two weeks off per holiday. Um, so I did longer trips then. So I went to Bordeaux, I went to um, La Rochelle, uh, various other places. And then once I'd finished teaching um, in the schools, which was around April time, I believe, or May, I came back to the UK for a few weeks and then I decided why not do a little Tour de France? So I actually started off in the south of France, um, in places like Montpellier, Nice, uh, Monaco, uh, loads of different places, and then worked my way up gradually. So I went to places like Lyon, Dijon, Strasbourg, um, Metz, Nancy, and then ended up um, in Belgium, uh, in Brussels and Bruges. So yeah, I think that's one of the things that you can really kind of make the most of, because actually in France, I would say in general, public transport is cheaper in the UK uh, especially when you get like discount cards and stuff which means that you can quite easily go from city to city especially when it's well connected cities as uh, Tour uh, was. Well thank you so much for sharing all of that um, so reflecting on your experience in France um, would you go back there um, to work for instance? Yeah I would definitely go back to France um I, if if I had the opportunity to I would definitely go back uh, I actually haven't been back since coming back to the UK just because um I'm an international student so I don't have a UK or EU passport so I would have to get a visa to go back to France I can't just pop in for a weekend most of my friends do that all the time most of my friends who went to Bordeaux with me they just pop in to Bordeaux one weekend or the next. Um, but yeah, I haven't been able to go back, but I will definitely make the time to apply for a visa and go back to visit. But yeah, if I ever had some kind of work opportunity to go back to France too, I definitely would take it. Yeah, I'm in exactly the same vein. I totally agree. I would definitely go back there to work. Um, and I could, I could actually see myself moving there later in life, especially uh, to Provence, which is a place that I've spent a lot of time in and, and, grow to love even more uh, every summer if that's even possible um I actually I work for a French bank now in London and my experience in Paris really helped me understand not only actually improve my French but understand French people French culture um better I think the year abroad makes you such an interesting person full of you know fascinating stories and funny anecdotes um from your time you know being yeah being abroad Um, but it's also made me more confident to travel and to live independently. Mm -hmm. And as for me, I'm actually currently in France. So I moved back to France um, couple, about two weeks ago now. Um, so I'm now doing a master's uh, in France at the Université de Odalzès, so in Mulhouse. Um, and so, yeah, I was very keen to come back to France at some point and live here. And luckily enough, I got this opportunity to do this international master's degree. So, yeah, I think... Postmasters is definitely something I consider um, potentially either doing maybe a PhD in France or um, working here at some point. If there's one piece of advice I'd give anyone going on a year, but it'd be say yes to everything, say yes to everyone, obviously within reason, not just say yes to any weird person that comes your way, but honestly, just say yes to new experiences and just talking to people as well. Just 
talking to random people, like you're waiting for your trauma, you just start talking to the person next to you. You find out all sorts of things you about even the city you're living in. So just talking to strangers opens you up to parts of the city that you didn't even know existed. Because like I said, people were very open, especially when they find out that you're foreign. They're open to telling you more about their city. And that's one thing I found out. French people are very proud of where they come from, very proud of their cities, very proud of their communities. So they will tell you everything you need to know um, about the city you've gone to visit. So yeah, be open, say yes to everything within reason, talk to people, all sorts of people. Even if you don't have anything to say, just introduce yourself and more often than not, people will take it from there and just tell you about things that you didn't know before. And just to add to that as well, I remember when I was on my travels um, around France, um, I actually ended up with a massive list of all the different encounters I'd had with all kinds of people, um, sort of elderly people, but also people my age group, who were just so, I think, interested to see a young, obviously, English person going around France, obviously speaking in French to them. And I think, to be honest, it's always funny, I always say this to people now when I'm in France, it's like Brexit and the royal family are crucial topics that always seem to come up in any conversation with a French person which actually made me laugh because I just have various encounters that they, they came up and even now after moving back to France that's come up at least two or three times but I would say yeah and in, in many ways it's kind of a case of just set like it like Abba was saying being prepared to say yes to things step out of your comfort zone naturally be willing to kind of make the most of that experience because you might not have the opportunity again to live uh, abroad like that so make the most of it I would say. Thank you so much for sharing all those tips. Quick question are you still in touch with your friends? Yes I definitely am still in touch with um, almost all the friends I made in France. Um, we make plans all the time to go back even though we haven't yet but we definitely will go back um, and have a little reunion but yeah I, I still speak to them and I made really good friends like friends that we told each other you're invited to each other's weddings you know like I made really really good friends and I didn't expect to you know I I mean I didn't expect to spend the whole time there alone but I didn't expect to make such deep connections with people to the point where we were even in tears when we had to leave like we were at the airport just crying after each other um so yeah I, I made really good friends and I'm still in contact with them yeah I have to say I love this question so much because only yesterday I actually saw a really close friend of mine, Seb, who I met in Paris just by coincidence, actually at an Erasmus event. I randomly started chatting to him like Abba. It was a very, you know, spontaneous conversation. And he I didn't realise he's from the UK and he lives in London. And we became really close friends very quickly. And he's actually, I saw him yesterday because tomorrow. He's going back to France for his PhD um, in physics at Bernays, which he didn't originally study at when I first met him. So only yesterday was I talking all about uh, tips for Bernays and clubs to join. Hopefully, maybe he'll consider becoming a cheerleader like me, but I think that would take probably a bit more convincing. I totally agree with Abbott. It's quite strange. I feel like the friends that you make on your year abroad at this incredibly formative time in your life are, are truly friends that you will stay in touch with forever. They're friends that you may not see, you know, all the time, but they're people who went through the same, often went through the same experiences of you, you know, being abroad, um, you know, living in another country and went through all the trials and tribulations of 
finding somewhere to live and, and settling in homesickness and you know and everything that comes with it yeah for me like um Abba and Hannah I'm still in touch with quite a few people from my year abroad um in particular my former colleagues who I work with in the two schools um actually a few weeks ago I went back to tour and actually stayed with a couple of my old colleagues who offered me accommodation uh, when I went back and that was so nice obviously to, like meet their families and they sort of said to me you're welcome at any time and it feels like in many ways your the place where you spent your year abroad almost becomes like a second home or second city to a certain degree I would say like now I consider Tour as my French city in many ways it's the first place where I lived in France um it's kind of a place where when I go back to I feel instinctively very like I reminisce a lot about my time my time there and also language assistant friends um I met them from all across the world really I had friends from Italy India Argentina all kinds of countries that were all uh, language assistants of different languages in different schools. Talking about networks and contacts, the French embassy has created a network called France Alumni UK um, that fosters connections and organizes events to maintain contact among students who have studied in France. Um, it offers a space for sharing experiences and insights while cultivating valuable networks. So it might be interesting in joining in. I think, Charlotte, you're already part of it. Um, so thank you for that. Um, my last question would be, um, do you have any tips for students who are planning to study in France? Definitely be open, be optimistic. Um, try to try to make your own judgments um, about the place you're going to. So don't just give in to stereotypes. Don't just take the stereotypes for Klein and Sinka, thinking that, oh, this is how these people are going to be. So I'm going to meet them with this same energy because... I mean, stereotypes do ex exist for a reason, but people are vastly different. People are very unique um, in their self-expression. So definitely be open-minded and set out to make your own judgments about the city that you're going to live in. Um, yeah, so that's, that's one um, big tip that I would give. Yeah, for me, I'd say romanticize it in any way that you can. Um, create a year abroad playlist I had a playlist that I would add songs to before I went to Paris um, which I also think helps with that anticipation you feel the nerves you know the unknown of I'm going to move to the city that I've actually never lived in before on my own and I'm going to have to make friends and and you know as Charlotte talked about do all this go through all these bureaucratic processes of finding somewhere to live setting up a sim card going through the visa process like I think trying to romanticize it really helped me get excited about it rather than succumb to the kind of nerves that I definitely was feeling. Um, and also, I, I, I mean, maybe if you're listening, you might not be a list person, but if you are or you want to give it a go, do make a list. I was so happy to be able to tick things off and on a day where I had nothing on, you know, it's it was so easy just to look at my list and think, oh, I might want to go and visit the seventh. What do I, you know, what's on my list of the seventh? Where might I go? And actually on Google Maps, you can save places and create pins. And that's a really easy way of getting to know your city and visualizing the city you're living in as almost a map of places that you want to explore. Just comfort zone is the word that always strikes me. Don't be afraid to step outside of that during your year abroad, because actually you can get somewhat used to everything in the UK. For example, I was used to uni life. You know, I'd never lived outside the UK. I was used to obviously being with my friends and family, but moving to another country is something I'd never done. I was obviously, you're only like 20 years old when you arrive for your year abroad usually. 
And I think, of course, there definitely will be challenges along the way. I definitely felt like there were times there were linguistic challenges. But then I think as you go through your abroad, you actually just somewhat let go of that nervousness, that complete anxiety about it. And then on a social level, you you start to develop a lot more in, in that sense as well. And so there will be challenges, definitely. Like I think with anything, going to a new place, living there for the first time, having to encounter all these different things you've never seen before will be difficult at times. But actually, when you go through it, you look back at it, you're like, wow, I've come really far in this sense. And that's something that kind of you will remain with you, I think. For, I mean, it sounds intense and quite cliche, but it will remain with you, I think, for the rest of your life as an experience that shaped you to a certain degree. So, yeah, um, yeah, I feel like if you are going to go to France, good luck and, yeah, make the most of it, definitely. Thank you very much for your valuable insight and experience sharing. That was Very, very interesting. Um, thank you as well for the tips. Uh, I hope the audience will enjoy that. Thank you for listening to us today. Um, stay tuned for the next episode. Uh, so this was Campus France UK from London. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye.